This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Keaton Freeberg, a partner at Texas Suits Law Firm here in the San Antonio area. Keaton specializes in real estate and business law, and of course, he's my attorney. Can I say that on the, on the record? You already you want to. I mean, it's done. <laughs> it's official so, now. Keaton, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. We're also going to talk with Shanna Schultz, a senior attorney at Texas Suits Law Firm. Shanna is a transactional licensed attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Texas. Shanna, first timer, welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. All right, excellent. In studio with us today is Howie Nestel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising, where he and his team have helped over 1,500 clients grow their marketing influence and, of course, is running, building two of my websites now. So, Howie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for the business. You bet. And I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring low-cost virtual admin specialists and social media experts from outside the United States. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com because, yes, I used to be a radio show. That's why it's satalkradio.com. It's still a cool name, yeah, right. satalkradio.com. I like it, too. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. Excellent. Well, we got through the introduction, and I didn't say Howie Nestle. I said Nestel. You put that in my head. It's going to be I stuck did. there for yeah, a while. Yeah, I'm not going to forget it. That's fine. As long as you remember me. I don't care how you pronounce my name. <laughs> and just make sure the check is written. Yeah. You know, the name absolutely. on the check is written up. Nestle, Nestel. I'm depositing it. Oh, okay. yeah, right. All right. So, uh, Keaton, uh, I love having you on the show. Uh, this is the first time you brought another attorney uh, from the show. So, uh, tell me a little bit about... Um, kind of what you guys have going on operationally and how Shanna fits into that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I really love our dynamic at Texas Suits because we have Garrett, which is Shanna's husband, and we have Shanna, and Garrett's running most of our litigation department, and Shanna runs the transactional department. And they've been doing this for a while, and they're both, you know, they're both super duper knowledgeable. And so it's great because we can cover, you know, pretty much all. Uh, every part of a transaction and if it goes to litigation then then it, it you know it can be taken care of too so it's really awesome to work with both of these individuals and so like i said Shanna's working a lot of the uh handling a lot of the transactional stuff i do both and so i get to work with both garrett and Shanna on some transactions and so it's really really awesome and Shanna, can you tell us a little bit about your background your educational background and kind of what brought you into the area of law and also as a side note i since you I didn't realize you're married to Garrett, but now I've drawn that you do the horse thing as well. I do the right? horse thing, which yes. is absolutely. We beautiful. may need to clarify that. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, it's so. I mean, on Instagram, I've seen some of those photographs that you guys have had posted. Right, it was on Instagram. Yes, on Instagram. Oh my gosh, that is such a beautiful thing. I would love to do a whole show just around that. I'm down for that. Yeah, it right? gets into my creative side, and yeah. so it actually just to do a full circle back to your initial question. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up on a ranch, so seventh generation Texas rancher, and from there uh, I jumped into the fashion world. Always wanted to be a top fashion designer. Um, started a manufacturer in the Philippines uh, at the age of twenty. Came back here and with the belief, you know, you build it, they come, and uh, learned all kinds of things of what 
mostly not to do, but it was some really great experiences. And I kind of hit a point in my life uh, at the age of 25 to where I wanted to do something else. I wanted some security. I wanted... I'd been an entrepreneur my whole life, and it's not super romantic, but it was like, why did I go to law school? Because I wasn't sure what else to do. Somebody suggested it. I was told I'd be an excellent transactional attorney. Um, I was already in the sports world through my fashion designing, and so I had the idea of really getting into more of the sports world, helping them invest their money and doing a lot of their transactional in the real estate side of things. And uh, that just kept evolving to when I graduated from law school and passed the bar, higher score than my husband. I accidentally said that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not getting in the middle of that. <laughs> I remind him every once in a while. Yeah. Might as well do it publicly. Yeah, don't forget it. How does he answer that? What does he say? Well, it's not the score there that matters. It's you know, the, How does he? Oh, rebut- he'll figure out What's his rebuttal? I, I'm going to say this with Full transparency. He is so much better at taking tests than I am, <laughs> but I uh, I studied in terror. I yeah. was I wanted to pass, and he knew that it was not going to be a big deal for him. So I outstudied him. Oh, I'll gotcha. say that's what it is. So you guys knew each other then. I met him in law school, actually, the last semester. Uh, he okay. was sitting across from me and secured transactions, and then I later secured that transaction. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it. I'm going to try not to be the dating show, but that, that, that is interesting yeah, to me, right? Because I like to know how people met, even now we like can... you and whenever you met your wife and all, what that story is. Yeah, I, I was actually sleeping in a cardboard box at the corner of Blanco Road and Loop 410, but we'll get into that later. Okay, you can try to outdo my story. Yeah. yeah, right? But you know what? We can't leave the audience hanging and and also the co-host because I don't know the horse story. Everybody knows about the horses and I don't I don't know what's okay. the horse and Instagram and what do you all do with horses? Yeah, yeah, so we can get there but we're gonna have to come back because I don't know what a transactional attorney is. So we're gonna have to find that out There's too. So but, many things so to talk give us, about. Give us a brief overview of what you do with children and the horses and sure. So I raise gypsy banner horses and their name derives from the culture that really bred bred them. Um, which are there are known as gypsies, the Romanians, all in the European uh, district. They were bred to be beautiful, flashy, docile, so gentle horses, and they would pull their homes, their caravans, their vanners. Wow. And um, through this, I I just have always had a love for horses. Like I mentioned, I grew up on a ranch, and so I wanted to do something a little more exotic. I was always with quarter horses, totally different breed. And these gypsies are just, they're so gorgeous. I wanted to share it with the community. And not everybody can have a gypsy van or a horse in their backyard. And so I started a production company. And this kind of comes from that fashion era that I had shared with you just a moment ago, as I really love the entertainment um, industry. I love art. I am truly an artist in a lot of ways. And the way I get to express it now is through our productions with professional photography, videography. Um, I'm the creative director, and so I I have the, the vision. I help pull the vision together, and I make the vision happen. But I hire and surround myself with incredible professionals who make make it the masterpiece that it is. Oh, my God. I it love is that. truly mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. to see it. So, well, Keaton, you. If you, so let me get this straight. If if you're an attorney at Texas Suits, you have to own one or two or three other businesses, right? Because I know <laughs> yeah, you're a partner it. in a moving uh-huh. company. Then uh-huh. he goes, hey, look, I'm going to start a coffee company. Uh-huh. And, you uh-huh. know, it's, 
Wait a second, man. We're super underachievers here, and you and I think we're getting a lot done by doing a couple of podcasts in a day. Oh. Please. Well, no. for the record, I, I'm I'm starting three companies. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're, we're entrepreneurs. I would say serial entrepreneurs, which is a really wonderful background for your attorney to have. That's helping you, the entrepreneur, start mm -hmm. your business and grow it. So we understand the business side as well as the legal right. side. Yeah. yeah. All good stuff. All right, so transactional attorney. What is a transactional attorney? Okay, so we do the boring contract work is the easiest way, I think, to describe it. You know, you picture law and order and all these TV shows where they depict this really great court scene. Mm -hmm. That's more of my husband's thing, and I like to stay out of the courtroom when I can. So Keaton and I, on the transactional side, we're going to help make a transaction happen. Um, and that's just to very much generalize it. We may protect a, a transaction, we may keep a transaction from blowing up, but we're helping with the actual documents that govern these transactions. And so very simplified, we're contract attorneys, but we also negotiate, advise, counsel uh, around the contract, around the business that's affecting the legalities of its foundation. So are you two like a team? Is that you work very closely together on certain things that you're doing? Is that yeah. correct? Am I understanding that right? We do. Uh, I mean, we both have separate projects that we work on, but um, quite often we find ourselves on the same side of a transaction or we'll both review a transaction or sometimes maybe I'll prepare the documents for the transaction. Shannon will take a look at it. So we do. We get a we get a partner up on a lot of projects. It's a nice combination of experience because there are certainly things that Keaton has handled that I haven't, um, and he has his own finesse and techniques uh, that – you know, I may be not as strong in. And so I think we make a really good partnership in that way of just combining our resources, our knowledge, and our experience. So when it comes to nonprofit work, uh, Keaton, what kind of stuff are you guys involved with in Shannon, or I'm sorry, Shannon as well? Yeah, well, Shannon has the majority of the of the nonprofits. Uh, so I think she's probably better equipped to, to talk about sure, those. Yeah. She's, she's had them going for a while. <laughs> So uh, I, I actually do run a nonprofit myself, and so I have some experience on the operational side of things. But legally, uh, what we help is what we help do. Just like with any business formation, we're going to help get you set up. And so, if you're here in Texas, you're going to be a Texas nonprofit corporation. We'll help with the formation of that. And the reason why it's a little different than forming a regular corporation or other type of a legal entity is you really want your articles of formation to be something that can go to the next step, which is applying for tax exemption with the IRS. <coughs> and so um, what we'll do is just help with the whole formation and application to get that nonprofit all the way from nothing into the tax exemption um, portion. Uh, and that really is, uh, it's a very specific area that I work with. But after that, a lot of times nonprofits aren't in a position to keep us on as general counsel. They'll just reach out occasionally, like, hey, we, we may have some work or maybe it's just a quick question. Um, but that's where I help is just let's get you to a nonprofit status and the tax exemption status, which is a great benefit to that yeah. organization. And then there'll be other opportunities. And I know Keaton has been involved with a lot of the nonprofit things mm -hmm. I put in front of him. And yeah. I appreciate that both from a personal perspective and then also from Texas Suits, which will lead me into, we're not going to get into it, but I'm going to invite you to come to a tour of the Children's Rehabilitation Institute tomorrow if you're available. Keaton's been there. You've been there. Been there. Awesome. And uh, they serve about 350 to 500 kids a year with mm. dis various uh, forms of disability. And 75% uh, of them have no insurance and no way of covering it. So it's 100% free to them. 
And then there might even be something we do with the horses. I was actually going to point out, um, last year we we donated a production um, to a beautiful young lady with the Ferrari Kid. It's another nonprofit organization. I know. I'm familiar because I chaired the gala last year. Oh, my goodness. Ferrari Kid for the 10th annual gala last year. Were we on stage together? Well, at the I probably same time? did something important too <laughs> at some point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now oh, that Mr. Podcast is starting three it's starting businesses. It's starting to connect to yeah. me now. Yeah, I, we yeah. Were, so, so yeah. Manny and I are good friends, and uh, and I've been on the board for Camp Discovery, the Camp for Kids with Cancer, yes. for many, many years. And okay. then he says, if it's not a conflict, I would love for you to chair the gala. And yeah. I chaired the 10th annual gala last year. That is fantastic. Yeah. I love making that connection. Yeah. The, and I saw those pictures were amazing of that little girl on the board. Well, good. So you've, you've had opportunity to see our production. Yeah. Great. So this yeah, is serial movie. entrepreneurs at work here. We've literally oh, talked yeah. about how many businesses. And, <laughs> uh, and how they you know, overlap. They overlap. I love it. They do. They do. I love it. So speaking of nonprofit work, you're also the executive director of... So Live. So Live. So Live, So tell yes. me about that. Uh, something that my mom started in 2007. The name came from her experience being a patient consultant for... Um, uh, a doctor who specializes in cancer. He was uh, working here in the U.S. He took his practice to Mexico so that he could further at a pace that he wished to further at. And um, in all of her consultations, she would receive, uh, you know, statements of, I, you know, I don't want to go experience these certain side effects. I don't ultimately don't want to die. And she found herself saying, so live, let's do like, so live. And that repetition of that statement inspired the name but what inspired the purpose is uh, she created this so that we could share what is really known as unconventional cancer treatments and different practices that has now since expanded into just health and wellness things that people can do at home. Um, and at some point, we're going to expand our sponsorship so we can help people pay for these types of things. Oh, I love it. So is part of that manifesting and the words you use and, and, and your mind helping to heal you and those kinds of things? Absolutely. Okay, our great. mind is incredibly powerful. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, I've studied and read a lot about this because we, we all know that that our mind can make us sick, right? The psychosomatic mm-hmm. illness. You're like, oh, I think I have this. And then you read all, you know, go to Google, you look at all the symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> by that afternoon, you have all the symptoms. Oh, oh yeah. You know? And so it's if so that's true. the case, why can't the opposite uh, be true? True. Which is yeah. the words you use, how you think, uh, how you zero in on what your ailment might be and how you overcome it by thinking about it. It's not the only thing you do, right? But food and water and sunlight and rest and meditation and prayer, all these things. People you surround yourself with. Laughing. How about that? Yes, that's a huge one. Absolutely. And something that I think is pretty well accepted is the placebo effect. And that really goes into that. If you believe that something is going to help you, you're... It, it, it's a real thing, but it goes so much deeper than that yeah. um, to where we can be more proactive instead of essentially tricking our mind into something. Absolutely. Well, I have, yeah. So I'm really curious if you could spend your whole day or your whole week doing something, you could just pick one thing. What would that be? You're going to ask me this yeah. in front of the Texas suit partner? Oh, wow. <laughs> I already know Let's your keep answer. It I mean, I don't know what's going on here. But. Okay, so here's the real deal. I have been training Keaton so he could take over my entire legal practice. <laughs> and I can work with my horses and my nonprofits full-time to really expand on my creative passion and love, love for humanity. 
I knew that was going to be the answer. Yeah. I just wanted you to hear you say and it. And that's why I have so record. many emails yeah. in my inbox now. Yeah. <laughs> and there's plenty of time for that. I always say like, oh, yeah, if I could do, if I had to do nothing else, all I would do would be all my nonprofit stuff. Then I get home and I realize my kids need braces. They mm-hmm. want to go to Lululemon. They mm-hmm. need season passes to Fiesta, Texas. And all, oh, next yep. thing you know, I'm like, oh, wait, should I still got to work? <laughs> yep. Yes, uh, I will. I will say uh, my income is based on my legal practice right now as I grow other things and I'm really grateful that we have partners like Keaton who can you know allow us all to expand in our own passions but he also brings in such a gift to our practice as I am able to very comfortably partner with him on transactions um, and also give him certain clients that I know they'll be in great hands when they're working with Keaton yeah well you know what Shana I mean what we're talking about today is the new model the old model is bust your ass 70, 80 hours a week, look up to breathe, and then get right back to the grindstone. And, you know, there's people who are workaholics, and they still work a lot. That's kind of the old school. Now, I'm not, you know, raising the flag and supporting the younger folks, pre-millennials and millennials <laughs> that, you know, want to, <laughs> want to work from home and from the beach and only work four hours a month or whatever the book is. But... <laughs> It's somewhere in between, and I think we're starting to realize as human beings that it's not all about being in an office every waking hour of the day and weekends and all that stuff. But And while there's no real achievable balance, you have to have some meaning and purpose in your life. If not, it's really quite worthless just to make more money and not do anything good with it. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to transactional law, did I say that right? Is that yeah, Transactional law, mm-hmm. right? So, um, asset purchase agreement, lease, um, acquisition of a franchise. I mean, these are things that I want to kind of get into. I know we're going to run short on time. Yeah. So, Keaton, where do you want to focus in on? Well, why don't we talk about the difference between buying a business as in a whole and as a whole, and buying a business, just the assets of a business, and, and the difference? You want to kind of go into to an asset purchase agreement yeah. and, the, and the difference between the two? Absolutely. So your point, oh, you were asking me to do yeah. such. Okay. Yeah, sure. I thought I'd been I'll hogging ha- the mic. I'll, so help, I'll, I'll chime in. <laughs> okay, so Keaton really laid it out very clearly. There's, there's two ways you can buy a business. You can buy the actual business, the actual legal entity. So let's just, for simplicity, call it a corporation to where you're buying the ownership interest of that corporation. Um, or you can buy just the assets that that corporation owns. And I will tell you, most of the time, Regardless of which side of the transaction we're on, so whether we're representing the buyer or the seller, we usually fall in the asset purchase instead of the business purchase range. And the reason, a benefit in doing that, if you are the one actually buying the company, is you don't really want their baggage. I was right? going to say, it's got to yeah. be liabilities mm-hmm. in there somewhere. There, there are liabilities, but even if you're buying the whole company, the corporation, and our excellent legal documents, we're going to make sure that there is language in there that is protecting that if any of those liabilities raise their ugly heads, that the selling, the, the seller will be, this is a fun legal word, indemnify, which means we'll reimburse you for those expenses and damages and so, so is forth. Is that for a certain amount of time or does that go on? That is perpetuity? that is negotiated. Okay. All right. So we, we like <laughs> when, 60 days when we're <laughs> representing the buyer, we absolutely want it to go on forever. And if we're representing the seller, we're going to want to limit 
mm-hmm. that as much as possible. How does, how does whether you do an asset purchase agreement or you buy the whole corporation, how does the aspect of, of blue sky come to play? You know, in other words, the goodwill and all that of the company. If you're buying only mm-hmm. the assets and you're going to use the same name because it's got good a good reputation and then you create another corporation and you still use the same website and the same company name and same branding meaning you you know you absorb their positive blue sky mm-hmm. um, could the argument be made then that you're liable for some of the things well, that so that company did might have done wrong in the past you're going to definitely, if you're using the same name, uh, you're definitely going to be brought up as a potential liable party until everything gets you're clarified. You're definitely getting sued. You're getting you're, sued. You're getting sued. Yeah. But sued. you have all the documentation that you need and evidence you're going you're gonna to need to show, look, I, I didn't actually take ownership of the asset, and not even the business, but even if we were talking about somebody buying the business, I didn't step in until here. And this happened two years before I was ever a party. And that's going to be a great support when you go into a litigious situation. But I'd like to point out that when you talk about using somebody's name, that's an intangible asset. It's not something that you may be able to see, um, but it is still something that you can purchase in an asset purchase agreement. So you have your both your tangible, such as furniture, fixtures, equipment, and as well as your intangible, which could be the, the company's name, or just the overall goodwill. You can buy that without actually buying the, gotcha. the legal entity yeah. itself. I, I'm in marketing and have been for three decades. So sure. for me, when I talk to clients and I find out they're buying out a competitor, I always say, let's make sure we get the domain name, we get all, the, all their back client lists and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And a lot of business owners forget that. Yeah. yeah. And then Those they buy huge. the company and then they don't have access to the website. They don't have the contacts. They don't have the CRM, the client relationship manager, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Good point. Um, I love it. You guys yeah. are talking at such a high level. I'm digging it all. I yeah. don't know hardly anything. Blue Sky, I never even heard of that. I don't know <laughs> what that is, right? But, yeah. uh, Try to buy, you know, well, a few years ago, <clears throat> I had a client buying a Harley-Davidson dealership. And so there was the building. Then there was the inventory, mm-hmm. which which wasn't all paid for yet. So it was a liability to Harley corporate. Oh. And then there was several million dollars worth of blue sky because try to go find a Harley dealership that mm-hmm. corporate will sell you. Not okay. going to happen. So if you want one, you have to pay this premium. Well, just for the benefit of listeners like myself, can we get a definition of blue sky? Uh, so this is a marketing term, I believe. I wouldn't call this, classify this as a legal term. It wouldn't show up on a contract? It's not going to show up on a contract. What, what does it mean conceptually? Though? What would show up on the contract is, is goodwill, and that is a legal term, something that Howie also mentioned. And that just, it's a rep, the reputation. Oh, Essentially, reputation. it's a reputation of someone. Okay. So you can go in and buy all the assets that, Hart, well, that doesn't make sense because Harley Davidson are their assets. But you could go in, let's just say, to a well-known company and buy all the assets. But if you don't buy the name, you're starting to, you're going to build that business from scratch versus, hey, we also are buying into the people who know that we're called this particular title, right? So you're buying into the the, the history of cl- clients coming in and seeing the name and going, oh, yeah, that's a good business versus, oh, they changed names. Is that even the same business? Let's go somewhere else. Right. Okay, um, cool. Which kind of would bring us into the franchising topic. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a great segue. It's a great segue, but I don't want to forget. I don't want to get so spread out that we don't talk about the lease. So I'm just going to put a pin in the franchising for right now, which is attached to this Goodwill Blue Sky that we're discussing. Do you want to talk about 
how leases get brought into these transactions? Sure. Yeah. So whenever you're dealing with, especially an asset purchase agreement, we see it time and time again. Chen and I work with a lot of restaurants, uh, people that are buying restaurants uh, quite quite often. And so when you're buying the assets of the restaurant, you're also um, acquiring the lease. And so usually there's a lease in place um, between obviously a landlord and a tenant. And the thing is that that lease isn't always up. Usually they're in the middle of a lease. And so the buyer that's coming in has to get approval from the landlord to be able to, um, to be, to be uh, assigned this lease. And so we're seeing it kind of be a struggle right now for some of these buyers to come in and get landlord approval um, for these lease because the seller is on the hook. They're on, they have a lease for, you know, 36 months, five years, 10 years. And so the landlord's getting, they're getting guaranteed money. They have a contract. So it's really not in their best interest always to um, let this buyer come in and assume or uh, get assigned this contract. And so um, <clears throat> we're seeing that kind of be an issue for a lot of these, a lot Why of these buyers right now. Why not just make them extend the lease? Um, so there's there's a couple of things that we try. One is just negotiating a new lease for maybe an increased rent, because um, that would obviously be a, a benefit to the landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the, it's really truly up to the landlord to decide if they want to if they want to. A lot allow of time, that. what happens is the landlord is can be satisfied if the seller is willing to stay on the personal guarantee. So okay, the the buyer comes in, they're going to assign either the old lease or even have them sign a new lease, but they're not letting the the seller, the current tenant, off the hook. Um, that is what I see most of the hang-up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really depends if we're representing the buyer or the seller. If we're the buyer, we don't care. But seller, they're like, yeah, I'll sell, but I want completely off of this lease. And uh, it can be challenging to get a landlord to agree to, re- why let this person go? You can just have both of them liable instead of only one of them being liable. And sometimes, sometimes we can get them off. Sometimes we can't. It really depends on the landlord um, relationship and how big they are, how much you know negotiating power they have mm-hmm. or leverage. Exactly. I mean, a lot of these things come down to leverage. Um, well, it's probably a good lesson for entrepreneurs. If you're going to go out and buy a business, you better make sure your house is in order because you should be better off than the person you're buying the business from because then you have more leverage with that new landlord. Sure. And you say, hey, look, you can have this person. Or you can have me guaranteeing this, and I'm taking it over. And and you can use that as an opportunity. I did that when I bought a business, and I used that. I I negotiated with a landlord before I agreed on the price. Good to buy mm-hmm. the business. Yeah, and that's that's huge. And I think that, you know, when you're getting into a business, signing a commercial lease agreement, I've seen it time and time again. It's so exciting. You know, you're getting a new business, starting something cool. But it's so important. It's so serious. And you're locking yourself in for so long that it's really important to make sure that you have you negotiate some of the terms of those lease and you really make sure it can break you. Yeah. I, I've had clients that didn't understand that they signed a lease triple net and then the AC breaks and it's twelve thousand dollars. And so how could it be twelve thousand oh. dollars? My rent's only twenty four hundred dollars a month. They're like, yeah, but you signed for it. But I've only been in business now for three months. I don't have twelve thousand dollars to fix the AC. I'm like, well. And go, you know, change your business to a hot sauna or whatever, hot <laughs> you, yoga. You nailed it, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, call, yeah. we call it the HVAC system, right? So the, what is that? Heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Right. That is the number one thing that I'll go look at when they're inheriting somebody else's space. It's like, um, are you warranting this? And what, plumbing. And plumbing. When, when was this last repaired? Is this a brand new one or not? And 
unfortunately, a lot of the clients that we may get have already signed this lease. Uh. And now they're wanting, they're like, hey, what can we do about this? And they're, you know, they didn't actually have counsel review it. So they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And so even if you're not able to negotiate certain terms, it's really important that you know what legal commitment you're making. So uh, yep. what we can do to assist with that is we'll guide you through, okay, these are the commitments. You can either do it or not do it because sometimes the landlord is mm-hmm. just not willing to, to bend. But at least you can make an educated decision for yourself. Is it worth taking this risk? Wow. All right. Is that it on lease? Because we're going to be out of time here pretty soon. I know yeah, you guys want to talk it. about acquisition of franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I can make this brief, but we were talking a little bit ago about uh, the blue sky term, uh, goodwill. And this really goes into the name and rep- uh, uh, reputation of a business. And so um, what a lot of people don't realize is when you see the same name popping up all over the place and all over the country and maybe even all over the world, that this is considered a franchise. And people just look at a franchise as one big business. There's like the corporate headquarters and then, you know, they own all these little franchise locations, which is is not the case. And it's a huge public misconception. What's an example? So uh, a great example of a franchise would be Starbucks, um, McDonald's. Um, you're, what you're going to see when you franchise a business is you're actually licensing the right for somebody else to not only use your name, but your proprietary ingredients, your operating, your corporate environment, the look, the feel, the smell, everything. You're licensing that right to an independently owned and operated um, individual or entity. Yeah, Chick-fil-A, yeah. for sure, uh, that, that are, are, going, are going to run. Now, yeah. Starbucks... Almost all of them that you see that are independent, they're all company owned. They're not franchises. Su- They'll license I love to this. casino. I love now, this because as soon as that came out of my yeah. mouth, I'm like, I yeah. think I just listed one of the. And Walmart correct. is another corporate owned one. They, they do not. They correct. do not franchise. Subway sandwiches franchises. Yes. Perfect. So yes. each Subway sandwich shop you go to, you'll notice a, a yeah. difference. Yeah. Starbucks, you're going to get pretty much the same experience everywhere, unless they're inside of a Target or a casino or whatever. That's a licensed agreement, yeah. but it's not a franchise. I've never been in a casino, so I wouldn't know. I'm not going to Just... tell you I took two of my minors there last week. <laughs> so, but... You can't stop, uh, though. You have to keep walking through, right? <laughs> so, you, sir, you can't stop here. Yeah. But, so. but, and thank you for pointing that out because I, I felt it. I'm like, I just need to do a fact check in my brain, but I kept rolling with it. But they are still a great example of consistency. You do get that same feel of importance when you go in and you get your, whether you like Starbucks, maybe you need Black Rifle, whatever it is, there's going to be that consistency. Some of them are all corporate owned, like you said, but then others will license that out. And what they're doing is they're licensing that goodwill. They're licensing that intellectual property, the intangible things, reputation, the reputation, all of those things. So you're not having to go out. If you want to start, you know, a sandwich shop, you don't have to go reinvent the will. You you're paying somebody to use this name so that when you open up, you know, you're going to have that immediate flow of clients that come in. And uh, a lot of business people do not realize that when they're starting to spread out and open multiple locations and they bring other parties involved, they're actually franchising, whether they know it or not. And when you're franchising without the proper disclosure documents, without following federal rules and state rules, you are in violation of the law. And sometimes we find this out when they come to us for help. And it's like, wait a minute, you don't even have your initial franchise documents. And sometimes people will come to me and say, hey, 
well, you make a franchise agreement. I'm going to go ahead and have somebody open one of my locations over there. And then it's like, all right, sit down. We need about an hour. I'm going to explain how this works. (laughs) Um, And so I think it's just really important for people to know that if they are thinking about expanding their businesses, franchising is absolutely an option, but there are very specific rules and regulations that govern it. That's great information. Really All right, yeah, we're running up on the clock. Is there, was there anything else you want to get out on the floor? No, I think that's great. I think yeah. we, we covered him. Yeah, great. So just so just to make a point, between Keaton and Jaime Sepulveda, the strategic property management, we're always outdressed. Yeah, no kidding. You know? right? And so I'm in support of my co-host since he hired me, and so I, I wear something that looks similar to I'm his. just trying to match Howie's pace here. No, I, I had polo shirts. I, if I would have got the memo, uh, I would have wore the same thing. I yeah. wanted to match the plants, yeah, <laughs> so that was my goal. And, and Heather, the co-host for the previous show, was wearing green as yeah. well, so I think there's something about green and mm-hmm. the plants in that mm-hmm. corner. I think that we Definitely. should require that. That's the green. We don't have a green room here at the <laughs> podcast studio, but we do have a green section. Yes. <laughs> Love it. All right, Keaton um, and Shannon. If folks want to get in touch with you, Keaton, how they do that? Yeah, they can uh, give us a call at 210-503-2800. That's 210-503-2800. Or they can um, reach out to us at our website at txsuits.com. Did you ever watch the show Suits? Did you watch? I'm on episode, or sorry, season three, episode eight right now. Season four, episode two. Oh, so you're loving it. I accidentally got hooked. Me too. Yeah. I tried not to. I've I tried yes. hard not to. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it takes a dip, I think, when it, a lot of infighting starts happening, yeah. but then they come out of it. I love that family feel. When they have that going on mm-hmm. like they did at the first, mm-hmm. and I always worried about Michael getting in trouble, right? Yeah. But towards the towards the end of the seas, uh, series, it's just great. So you're almost done? I'm done, yeah. I'm oh. all the way finished. Okay. So let me how, tell you how, how many, it ends. How many um, seasons are there? Nine. <gasps> oh, yeah. no, I have, no, no, my life does not have time to finish this. I, that's, I gotta, why, that's why I try to start so. any more businesses. No uh, more nonprofits. No more, no more businesses. <laughs> Until you it's get a done guilty pleasure. You watch suits. It's right. a total guilty pleasure. I yeah. loved it. It's, I, I don't regret it at all. It's, I like to just sit down and have that couch time with the wife and just enjoy those things. You know? Yeah, well, I'm on season 27 of Judge Judy, so I don't know if that comes. <laughs> yes. I ever have a show about that. That, <laughs> you know what? that explains a lot now. It, it explains a lot. I get it now. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, let me wrap this up. Uh, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us for this one. You guys have a great uh, rest of the week, yeah. and yeah. we'll see you on the next yeah. one. Thanks, awesome. Everybody. Thank you.